a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards, and I'm glad you've joined us on the program today. We're going to be talking about a case out of Georgia where the state Supreme Court on Wednesday uh, unanimously decided that uh, even if background check records are incomplete... As long as there is no disqualifying information within those background checks, then uh, yes, carry licenses have to be granted. They shall be granted in a shall-issue state. This is, I think, the right decision uh, from the uh, Georgia State Supreme Court, although I am sure that the uh, anti-gun activists are going to be, I was going to say up in arms, but uh, I guess up in disarms about this. Uh, It was a unanimous decision, as I said, and I I, I apologize, I said this was Wednesday, it was actually Tuesday, Uh, the state Supreme Court in Georgia overturning a uh, DeKalb County probate judge denial of a concealed carry license based on the fact that the background check report was incomplete. So there was an arrest for this individual, but there was no information about what the ultimate outcome of that case was. Uh, John Monroe. Uh, who is an attorney there in Georgia. He was the attorney involved in this case. He said his client, Clinton Bell, uh, was denied. And he says denials like this have been pretty common across the state, but it's not going to be the case any longer. Uh, So the facts of this case, he said that uh, he does acknowledge, by the way, that the incomplete background records could result in a carry license being given to somebody who shouldn't get one. He said, but if you accept the premise that there are going to be clerical errors, then that could happen no matter how you write the law. And he's right. I, I would also add, by the way, that we're talking again about the exercise of a right. And so we start with the presumption that we possess that right. And it's up to the state of Georgia to show otherwise. Now, if they can show otherwise, then they can deny that concealed carry license. But if they can't show otherwise, if they can't show, oh, look, this person's disqualified, you shouldn't have your right stripped away from you on the chance that the records might show that you are a prohibited person when the records do not show that you are a prohibited person or that you are disqualified from exercising your right to keep and bear arms. That, to me, seems pretty simple. Now, in this case, uh, 2018, a DeKalb County probate judge, Bedelia Hargrove, denied Clinton Bell's application, noting that the background report showed that Bell had been arrested in 1986 by police in Atlanta, uh, accused of pointing a gun at another person. It failed to state the ultimate outcome of that case. Uh, charges, apparently, by the way, in that case, uh, were ultimately dismissed. Um, he was never, or at least he was never prosecuted uh, for the arrest. But DeKalb County still declined to issue him his concealed carry license. Uh, Cherokee County Probate Judge Keith Wood, quoted by the Atlanta Const- uh, Journal-Constitution, and saying that many reports show applicants have no criminal histories, or if they do, they do show the dispositions of the cases. But he says it's not out of the ordinary for judges to get incomplete reports with outcomes that are hard to track down. He said we're relying on agencies to input information into the system, and sometimes that's not done correctly. And again, that's an issue. It's an issue for those departments. It's an issue, perhaps, for the probate judges. But that should not be a disqualifying factor for the individual who is seeking a Georgia carry license or a carry license in any other state. Uh, as I said, this was a unanimous decision here by the Supreme Court. Uh, the DeKalb County Attorney's Office said that the uh, probate judge was authorized to deny Clinton Bell's application. 
Uh, they argue that state law prohibits probate judges from issuing licenses to, uh, quote, potentially dangerous individuals. Also requires judges to make determinations based on appropriate background uh, reports. Uh, and the county said, well, if a judge receives a report with incomplete information, then the judge can conclude that the report is not appropriate for its intended use. But uh, the state Supreme Court judge who wrote the unanimous opinion, uh, Justice Verda Colvin, said, uh uh-uh. uh. Again, this is a shall issue system we're talking about here. Georgia law says that a judge shall issue a license unless there is a factual finding that the applicant is ineligible to receive one. She wrote, mere speculation or uncertainty about an applicant's qualifications for a weapons carry license cannot support a determination that an applicant is ineligible or disqualified. Colvin added that the court was unpersuaded by the county's argument that probate judges should be given greater discretion to deny carry licenses to protect the public from dangerous people, saying, quote, balancing policy considerations is a job for the General Assembly. It is not for us to second-guess the General Assembly's policy determinations. I would agree with that. Uh, I I do kind of wish the judge had gone a little bit further there, but maybe, you know, she felt like it wasn't her purview. But again, you don't have, and you shouldn't have, or not you, the state, should not have broad leeway to deny you any of your constitutional rights based on mere speculation or the possibility that you might uh, engage in criminal activity uh, as a result of you being allowed to exercise your rights. That's not how rights work. Not even in DeKalb County. And again, I'm really, really pleased to see that the... uh, uh, judges or the justices, rather, on the uh, Georgia Supreme Court, came to the right conclusion here. Again, when we are talking about a fundamental right, whether it is the freedom to worship, whether it is the right to keep, whether it is the right to bear arms, whether it is our uh, right to be secure in our persons and property, those rights can and must be respected by the state. Otherwise, we're not talking about rights at all. We're talking about rights that have been turned into privileges by bureaucrats and elected officials. And again, this was the, I think, not just the right call to make, but uh, considering the unanimous verdict by the Georgia State Supreme Court, looks like this was an easy call for the justices as well. We'll keep our eyes on uh, this case. I mean, I I don't know what the state of Georgia can do. I guess DeKalb County uh, could try to move this case to federal court, but I don't don't think that's likely to happen. I think that this is likely to actually be a decision with some teeth to it. Uh, and hopefully uh, good news for those individuals who have been denied their licenses in the past because of the inability or unwillingness uh, of departments to do their job. All right, now let's turn our attention, speaking, by the way, of departments not doing their job correctly, let's turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We will start there. The story burns me up. Charges dropped against suspect in Miami-Dade Banquet Hall mass shooting. 20-year-old Warnerick Buckner, arrested in October on three counts of first-degree murder, 20 counts of attempted first-degree murder for the shooting back on May 30th outside of this banquet hall in Miami. Uh, You probably remember the headlines there. And again, police made an arrest. They actually say they they got a confession. But all of these charges were dropped this week. Why? Because apparently the suspect confessed, or at least gave a statement to detectives implicating himself and others after he had invoked his right to counsel. Yeah. 
And so it's inadmissible in court. I, 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 this is so frustrating. I mean, this is so frustrating. A, a Miami-Dade State Attorney's Office memo released on Wednesday says that Warner Buckner had been given a statement uh, to detectives implicating himself, but when prosecutors reviewed the recorded statement, it was determined that Miami-Dade police detectives continued to interrogate him after he invoked his right to counsel. Memo said without Buckner's statement, there's currently insufficient evidence to prove the case against him beyond a reasonable doubt. Memo says, quote, when it is deemed that a case cannot be proven beyond a reasonable doubt with admissible evidence, the state of Florida has an ethical obligation not to file charges that it cannot prove in good faith. For the foregoing reasons, no further acts will be taken in court at this time. The investigation remains open, and the state will consider pursuing charges at a later time as additional evidence is uncovered. Buckner has been held without bond since he was arrested, but he was released from jail Wednesday night. Uh, the uh, lawyer who represented multiple victims of the shooting said they're disappointed. Shelby Walton said, uh, quote, The families we have the privilege to represent are distraught and disappointed in the recent development regarding the alleged shooter's unexpected release from custody. This news only adds to the immense pain and trauma caused by this avoidable tragedy. Due to this sensitive issue and ongoing civil litigation, our clients will refrain from making any further comment at this time. Meanwhile, Miami-Dade Police Director Alfredo Ramirez said, uh, quote, that he was disappointed and saddened to learn that the statement was inadmissible. He said, quote, we will continue investigating to ensure that justice is served on all that are responsible for this heinous crime. We remain committed to the victims and the families of those that tragically lost their lives. We'll continue working together with the Miami-Dade State Attorney's Office to bring closure to all involved. Great. I would like to hear um, what, if anything, is going to happen with the officers who apparently continue to interrogate the suspect after he invoked his right to counsel, thereby ruining the evidence that they had obtained. Because that, to me, seems like, look, I'm not a member of law enforcement, never been a police officer, but I've watched a, a few episodes of the first 48. I've seen my fair share of murder interrogations, and honestly, I mean, this it really is a basic thing. When a suspect invokes their right to counsel, that's when the questions stop. Because, again, if you continue as a law enforcement officer to keep asking those questions after the suspect has said, hey, I'd like to have my attorney with me, you can't use what they say. So, again, a frustrating situation where you've got a guy who implicated himself, implicated others in the shooting, walking out of jail because of procedural mistakes that were made here. Infuriating. Absolutely infuriating. And I, I, I wish that I'd heard that word from the Miami-Dade police director, not just saddened and disappointed. I wish I'd heard him say, I'm pissed about this. But we didn't hear that. Now, today's Armed Citizen story. Uh, wrote about this at Barry and Arms earlier today, but we're going to talk about it here as well. A uh, 14-year-old defending his mom at the family's Philadelphia pizza shop. This was back uh, last week, December the 9th. This 14-year-old, uh, there at work, his mom's running the register. Three guys come in. Apparently, they had just tried to rob or had just robbed a drugstore, excuse me, a, a couple of minutes earlier. One of the guys goes up to the counter uh, and then reaches around and starts going for the cash register, starts scuffling with the woman running the cash register, who again is a 14-year-old's mom. That's when the 14-year-old, you can see him there in the bottom right of your screen, uh, fumbles around, draws his pistol from his holster. There have been some reports that maybe this gun was stored under the counter, but in the video, it actually looks like he's pulling it from his body and fires a shot uh, at the suspect. Suspect runs out of the restaurant, wounded, collapses a, a short distance away, is taken into custody by police. Mom is unharmed. 14-year-old is unharmed. 
So far, I've seen no reports or, or uh, 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 you know, calls for the parents to face criminal charges for allowing this 14-year-old access to a firearm, which again suggests to me that the issue of child access uh, and child, uh, you know, safe storage laws, these storage mandates, not as cut and dried as gun control activists want to make it. I don't believe that there is a one-size-fits-all policy that uh, every parent should comply with. I think that uh, parents have the right and they certainly have the ability uh, to make those choices as to whether or not their children are responsible enough to be able to handle a firearm. Uh, in this case, again, if it weren't for the fact that the 14-year-old was able to access a firearm, who knows what would have happened to his mom. But thankfully, mom is okay. 14-year-old is okay. I imagine a little shaken up. Uh, hopefully, he's going to be able to, to talk to somebody and get some counseling. I'm sure that was the worst day of his life up to this point. Um, but it could have been a lot worse had he not been able to defend and protect his own mother there from that robbery in Philadelphia. Uh, finally today, our good deed of the day. This uh, story out of, uh, where was this actually? Uh, North, no, yeah, North Carolina, Greenville, uh, North Carolina. It's actually South Carolina. Where uh, police stepped in and uh, managed to save Christmas after uh, rescuing a haul of boxes and packages that had been dumped by a FedEx driver. Where it seems to me like we're seeing more of these cases around the country, isn't it? Did we just have one in Alabama a couple of weeks ago where they found like something like 73 packages that had just been dumped in a ravine somewhere? This is back on December the 6th. The uh, driver, by the way, has been charged with uh, larceny by employee as well as littering. Uh, but a good Samaritan actually spotted this uh, driver, uh, allegedly Dontrell Weaver, throwing the boxes away on December the 6th uh, behind an apartment complex. She called police. They showed up and they found this huge pile of boxes, like more than 70 different locations that these packages should have been delivered to. So at least 70 boxes. Uh, the police decided that they were not just going to let these boxes go sit in a uh, evidence room somewhere. Uh, they said that the uh, witness was able to get a license plate uh, number for the truck, as well as a detailed description of the driver. And then the police decided that they would take it upon themselves uh, to recover the packages and ensure that they were delivered to 73 different locations. Of course, not before posing for a picture with the boxes, but yes, Christmas is saved. Uh, thanks to the officers there in uh, Greenville. And uh, again, glad to see you in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to ensure that uh, some kids and who knows, maybe a few adults as well, have a, a very Merry Christmas. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. We will be back with another show on Monday of next week. Uh, but don't forget... We'll be updating BarryAndArms.com between now and then with all of the latest Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about. So visit the site as often as you'd like. Hopefully that's multiple times a day. Uh, also next week, just to uh, let you know, I'm going to be sitting in for uh, Eric Erickson on his radio program, which uh, is nationally syndicated. I don't know what all of the uh, stations are, but uh, you can find out more information if you just do a uh, internet search for Eric Erickson show. That'll be noon to three Eastern time live. Uh, next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. But yes, we will be doing Bearing Arms Cam and Company as well. So you get a, uh, I guess you're going to get sick of me by the end of next week, I think is what I'm saying here. Anyway, uh, we will talk to you again on Monday. Until then, be well, be safe. That's right. And be free. 